I was born for his service He filled me with purpose Take your time while you worship him I'm unplugged from the matrix Believe without seeing I'm plugged into the matrix The Daily Perspective Welcome to another episode of the Daily Perspective podcast I'm your host Mr. Daily And with me I have my co-host Dr. Terence Johnson We are coming live to you on our usual podcast stream uh, via Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, wherever you get your podcast from, we are on there. Um, and we are coming to you on YouTube yet again. So hopefully you can see us on YouTube. So shout out to everyone who's watching this on YouTube. It's not live, but you know, you get to you get the visual effect as well as the audio. So in today's episode, we will be continuing our current theme because it looks like we're, we are on a pattern. We are going down a certain road at the moment and we will, we will stay in that vein and continue to talk about purpose. And uh, this episode, we want to talk about the, um, the pain the pain aspect of purpose. So um, we know that walking your purpose requires a little bit of discomfort. And uh, I definitely know this from personal experience. I know Dr. Johnson knows this from personal experience, but um, before we get into that, Terrence, how are you doing? Um, Say say what's up to the people. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, like I said, good good evening, afternoon. I know I'm I'm afternoon. You late evening where you are. <laughs> so uh, so like I said, I think both of us we're uh, we're prepping for the podcast and then keeping an eye on football at the same time. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, definitely good to have the first first week of, of NFL football kind of kicking off. Um, Most definitely. But yeah, but um, like I said, this topic goes right kind of like the next phase of what we've been talking about. And um, so I guess I'll get started with just kind of like what the title is. It's uh, The Pain of Purpose. That's what we're Yep, The Pain about. of Purpose. So I'm, gl- I'm glad you remembered. <laughs> I, I was trying to I was fishing around in my head like what's uh, what's the what, what is this what, what did we decide on the title <laughs> and I was look, like look. <laughs> the reason we had to do that because we talked we, we have so many other like potential yeah. uh, topics that we talk about during the week that yeah. we, we have like a show every time we kind of have a conversation <laughs> but uh, but uh, just to start um, I think it's good to start with what unpack pain mm-hmm. and what pain can be. So a lot of people, you know, they start with pain as far as the physical pain, as far as um, just like if you fall, they have an accident and that pain of that. But what we're talking about, it goes on different levels. Yeah. And if you're really moving into purpose, it's an emotional pain that you will start to experience 
and that emotional pain is that transition from what you knew to what you don't know yeah yet. yeah and it's that anxiety is that stress is that fear of what what i'm leaving should i have left and should i have left when i left <laughs> and when i, I leave that. when i go forward will that look like what i envision before i started yeah and it doesn't look like that. no <laughs> it, no i get it it just doesn't look like that but and like we talked about last week if you understand your purpose your purpose can help you frame the thing the the path to get into your purpose because yeah. it's really not about the destination it's about what the journey does to you and through you i think um i'm glad you said that this is this is not just about physical pain because some of the scriptures that i've gone to um some of the individuals in this in those scriptures were in physical pain and part of that physical pain was required they, they, they had to endure that physical pain for the fulfillment of purpose that the, the, the reason they went through that pain was for us for so that God's glory could be shown at the end. Mm -hmm. But that is not generally what everyone is going to go through. So um, if you don't mind, um, mm -hmm. I think it'd be good if we just, because for me, my, my whole thing, and, and I know you have the same philosophy in life, that mm -hmm. every, every experience that we go through is to help someone else. Right. So um, I'm going to share a bit of my backstory. Okay. And I'd like you to share your backstory. I know your backstory. Yeah. yeah. I, know, I know, but but our audience may not. So okay. my backstory is... Um, for, for the one people that are listening that know me personally will know this. I started off, um, I started off in music ministry probably before the age of 14, 15 by 16, I was performing, um, at large events, um, thousands of people center stage i got to meet people like kirk franklin i did stuff i was people in batch in the um so i was part of a, a church uh, uh, um, i guess a global church organization called redeemed christian church of god and within that organization people believed that i was going to do something big in the music Christian music world. And I guess I believed it too. Um, a step back, I'd always known that m what I was created to do was to help people. Mm -hmm. And I told my mum that when I was young, um, and my mum latched onto the fact that I had this uh, empathy towards people 
and this desire to care for people. And she just thought being traditional African, she just, you're going to be a doctor. That was Mm -hmm. it. And that set me on a path. That set me on a path to study medicine. That set me doing, and, and don't get me wrong, you know, I latched onto that and I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a pediatrician. Um, and I start, I, you know, I started to work towards this, but as I got older and started to develop my own character and my own desires, I realized that I was not capable of being in an environment where I saw people die on a regular basis. I did not have the emotional capacity to deal with that and to handle that. That would have been traumatic for me to see that on a regular basis. So I started to question whether that was my path. Fast forward a few, um, fast forward my teens. Obviously I kept doing the music ministry and, um, by my early 20s, I'd moved away from, from that church. I'd moved away to, to the Midlands. I was more uh, doing, I was DJing, but I was still recording. I'm still making music independently now. I uh, started an independent, independent Christian label because I still believed that music was going to be my way of connecting with people and helping people through experiences. So I wrote music and I made music that I felt could connect to people on that level that shared my story and my journey. Mm-hmm. As I said in a previous podcast, I sold negative 100 copies because <laughs> listen, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think about the business aspect of the Christian music. I saw it as ministry. And I, I will be totally right. honest with that. I saw it as ministry. I didn't appreciate the business aspect that if, even if, even though it was the Christian music industry, it was still an industry and you still needed to respect the business element. So I became very jaded by the Christian music world. And I found myself spending more time in the studio as I matured because I started, I, I was now married. I was now a father and I'd experienced things. I found myself spending more time in the word and then spending more time teaching the word to my um, younger label mates who were people that, that I guess looked up to me and saw me as a, as a big brother. So I spent that time imparting that knowledge that I was getting from the word to them. And that was when I realized that actually I spend more time and I get more out of talking about the Bible and talking about real life and the application of your faith in real life than I do from making music. I felt I was going to, it was more impactful for me and I felt more connected to that helping people side of me when I did that. 
I believed that that meant I was going to become a pastor. So I started to think, I don't know if I want to be a pastor. And that was where my tussle and my wrestling with my purpose began. So I understood that my purpose, I've always understood that my purpose was to help people. But once I thought that my purpose meant I was going down that pastoral route, an internal struggle and an internal battle started. And it was something I struggled to resolve. Fast forward, a few, I was going to say fast forward a few years. I would mm -hmm. say fast forward at least 13 years to when we started to converse. Mm -hmm. um, so wait, let's see. It was... 11 years, my last album was released 11 years ago, November 20, 2009. My last year, November 2009. So it, I knew a couple of years, at least two to three years before that. So yeah, about 14 years in total, I, I've known where I'm supposed to be going. But the fear of what that meant the fear of becoming like pastors that I'd seen in the past, the fear of being expected to walk in a certain way. And I guess let me keep it real. The, the fear of being incapable of walking that perfect line as well made me think I don't want any parts of being a pastor. So that, that began this 14-year battle with my purpose. And it wasn't until we started talking last year that I started, and, you know, you started to test out the iProgress mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, methodology on me. I started to realize that actually I don't need to do, I don't, that's not, that's not what it means doesn't mean I have to become a pastor. I don't have to teach in that way. I don't have to share in that way. My purpose is still my purpose, but God has given me that freedom to move into it in the way that I know best. So that's my backstory. Yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw the ball over to you. <laughs> Like, as you were talking, I'm trying to say, I'm like, okay, what part, what part of mine do I want to share that I haven't shared about? <laughs> well, I guess how do I get from one point to where I am now? Uh, so, uh, let me see. I guess I'll start with my life kind of goes in phases. Yeah. And so, like you were talking about, like, 11 years or whatever, my life kind of goes in 10-year increments, like 8 to 10-year increments. So 10 years ago, I was transitioning from uh, the, the city that I went to school in uh, to then coming back home to Jackson. So I went to school at Mississippi State. So I was in Starkville for roughly around like nine or 10 years. So that was undergrad, grad school, and then working some years after that. And... Then I decided to come back home, the place that I said I would never return mm. to. Uh, 
for two reasons. Uh, one was my grandfather because he was uh, sick. Uh, and I knew he didn't have that much time left. Yeah. And the year before I, I moved back, I was back and forth to Jackson every time he got sick. So anytime I would hear he got in the hospital, I would be the first person there in the hospital room. Yeah. So, and I was like, I I can't keep doing this or I can't be here and something happened and I'm not here. And so that was one of the reasons. And then my parents had got divorced and my mom had got her house and I didn't like the area she was staying in and I don't want her to be by herself. So, uh, those were the two motivating factors of me coming back home. And I had just previously kind of ended a relationship. Uh, so me and my girlfriend, we had just, so we were at the, you know, I get to a, a, a line of relationship where you've been in so long, either you're going to end it or you're going to get married. And we were like at that point. Yeah. And, and I was like, if I stay here, man, this is not going to be good for me. <laughs> like, I, I, I need another phase. To, and I was, you know, let me see. I was about 25 then, 24, 25. So, um, so ended up, had a crossroads. And, and so I have that repeating thing for me too. Uh, I had a job. I had got a job doing pretty much the same thing I had been doing. I I got an offer in Jackson to be a therapist at the alternative school. So uh, that's kind of like the kids that have been in trouble, got put yeah. out, all that kind of stuff. I I did that all my career. And I was like, I don't really want to do that. But if that's going to get me there, I'll do that. But it was a job I really wanted, and it was at Jackson State. So I decided uh, – so actually – I had a job and I quit it <laughs> to then try and get the job on. <laughs> so like they had, you know, some job they put like have like a bulletin board, like, oh, welcome my new hires and stuff. Like they had my name and they had to take my name down. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like I never did a day at that job. Uh, and so I had an uncle that worked at J State. I was like, hey, look, is it position? I can't I can't come back yet. Can I fax my stuff to you and can you take it um, before before uh, it closes? And so he did. And then I got an interview and all that kind of stuff. And so it happened. I think the day I was supposed to start on the the job I had, that's when I got confirmed for the other job. Oh, so wow. I moved down here uh, and I stayed with my mom for a year uh, to prepare to get my own place and so i did that i bought my own house i think that was when i was 26 i think so in the time span that i okay so this was 2011 september so i closed on my house the last month last week of august i think first week of September I closed on my house my grandfather died three weeks from that my dad almost died and I started a new job all in that month uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like it was like boom 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 and and let's let, let's also put this into context mm -hmm. you were 26 yeah so 
you think, you know, think we've got to think about the amount of pressure that all mm-hmm. of that brings at mm-hmm. the age of 26. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a running theme in my, in my life. I, I have a lot of stuff <laughs> that I have to, <laughs> have to endure. So, uh, so then my dad ends up having an aneurysm uh, that ruptured in his stomach while he was working on my house. So he came to Jackson to help me remodel my house that I bought. And that's where it happened. So the ambulance had to pick him up from my house and take him to the hospital. Now, the thing that is just how God plans it, my house was about a mile or so from the hospital. Had he been anywhere else, he would have died on the way. Wow. And the surgery he had to have was probably like eight hours. Wow. Like, because he bled out like three or four times. Like, they thought he was dead multiple times. Um, And so they went a series of him going back and forth into the hospital, having strokes, had another slight aneurysm in his brain, had blood clots like all over his body. So that then went into a phase where um, I was helping out with him. So at that time I had got into uh, the doctor program. I have got, I had started a therapist job at Jackson State. So I was counseling from eight to five. I would leave work, go to class two days a week before class. So our class was stacked. One day a week I was teaching as an adjunct. (laughs) On Saturdays I was at the church with the kids because I was over the step team. And then that- I was in the step team. Yeah, yeah, and I was, and I was, and I was on the step team, you know, from from my, you know, five fraternity too. So you know, that's what I do. I know, I know, I'm not in your league. So that's that's what I that's what I do. That's one of my things I used to do. So 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 my weeks were literally like packed for. Pretty much, I did that routine for three years, probably about three wow. and a half. Uh, with my dad going back and forth to the hospital, sometimes I would leave the hospital and go to class, or I'd be doing grading papers and stuff in the hospital, or taking them to appointments and whatever else like that. Um, so then I'm, I'm a, yeah, I'm editing a lot of stuff out because it's a whole lot more, mm. but. Trying to, I'm trying to, I, I could probably work back to something else uh, in other conversations, but I want to get to how I'm here now. So, and it's kind of almost the same thing. So, about, uh, it was about two years ago. I really was at a point where I was like, this is not it. I had been teaching for so many years. Um, and I was like, I just, I just don't want to do it anymore. Not that I don't, I love to teach, but the people I was teaching, I knew it wasn't meant for me to teach them anymore. Yeah. Uh, it really went on, it really took me on a journey of trying to discover, okay, God, what do you want me to do next? But first, I had to prepare myself. 
So I did a lot of self-care, which is unheard of to me because I'm a recovering workaholic, like I always say. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah. uh, I can totally ignore what my body is doing, but I had to teach myself to do that when everything was going on with my dad and everything else. So I couldn't really feel what that was feeling like because it would take me to, it would pretty much wipe me out. Yeah. Like if I, if I really unpacked it, I wouldn't be able to go to the next day. So I had to, so all the things I had shut down all over those years, I had to then allow myself to feel, but then allow myself to go through the process of processing it, getting help, you know, going back to therapy, doing a lot of other stuff to take care of my body, uh, watching what I eat, exercising and all that, which led me to doing the nature, nature walks. So that's when I really started to reconnect with God. And that's when he started to talk to me as I walk. And, and like I said, one of those things was, you know, it's, he wanted me to help people that was dying to their purpose. Like he was mm. showing me trees and trees that had fallen. And he was like, I want you to catch the catch people before they die to their purpose. And I was like, well, how do I do that? <laughs> you know, so I'm just walking and guys, yeah. we took back and forth. And I'm like, well, how do I do that? And he was like, as you walk your path, people will, you know, find their path. And I was like, okay, well, how do I, you know, so it's, so as I started to really lean more into that, it started pushing me and pushing me further from being comfortable in Jackson. I just knew it was time for me to go. I just didn't know where I was going. I had all pl- all kind of plans. I wanted to go back to New Orleans. That's where you know, I'm from Louisiana, born in Baton Rouge. We stayed in yeah. New Orleans. I was like, I'm a Saints fan. I can be right downtown. Yeah. <laughs> I can get me an apartment and I can walk to the to the Superdome and go to the Saints game. Like I had it all mapped out. I was like, okay, yeah. this one my wife. This is where the barbershop is. So I go here. This was church. I'm gonna go to. Like I had it all mapped out, and it didn't happen like that. So mm. I'm like, okay, what what do I do now? It's like you you showing me that it's time. You saying like yeah, but where is it? Like where do you want me to go? So fast forward to about four months ago, about three three or four months ago. So I'm big on signs and having God talk to me in different ways. So I'm a big documentary person. And I was on, I can't remember what it was, if it was on Amazon Prime or 2B TV or whatever. But it's, it was this documentary about the guy that wrote, uh, Our God is an Awesome God. Right? His name is Rich Mullins. I mean, Chris Mullins, Rich Mullins. I think it's Rich Mullins. Right. One of them. And in the in the documentary, well, not the documentary, I think the movie. I watched the movie first, then the documentary. But in the movie, he he uh, he was gifted in writing songs. People were really, you know, drawing attention to him, but he didn't really care about that. But he had the opportunity to go to Nashville to further his career. But he had a relationship. He had a girlfriend that he had been with, and they were thinking about getting married. And she told him, she was like, you're too big for this area. You need to go and do that. 
even if that's gonna change what's what's between me and you. So he kind of still goes back and forth, but then he does go. It doesn't necessarily, it's not the easiest thing once he gets there, but that's how his career started to grow because he made that decision. So I was in the same situation. Yeah. <laughs> Because I was in a relationship and I was feeling like this is not it. And yeah. if if I'm gonna continue to grow, I can't I can't grow here anymore. It's like I gotta get to another environment. And so I'm not necessarily technically in Nashville, I'm close to Nashville. Uh but as I shifted here then things started to open up for me. Mm. One thing, one thing that I was, I was uh, noticing, and this is something that I know when I'm off, I'm out of alignment, when I can't really hear God talking to me, and I couldn't hear anything. And I would tell, I was talking like some of my friends, I was like, I can't hear nothing. And they're like, no, nah. I was like, no, like I, I can't hear nothing. Like, this is not good. I I can't hear nothing. I'm yeah. not. And um, and it's like as soon as I got here, it started happening again. Like I, I could start to see clear again. Yeah. But before then, I was distracted by so much stuff. And it's not necessarily just bad things, it was just distracted by familiarity or comfortability or doing things the way I've always done it. Yeah. And I had to throw all of that away to then get here because I have to continue to grow. Cause just like you were saying, so at the time, so at the time we, we connected and I was having a conversation with you because I had did that yeah. a year before, <laughs> before we had started. So it's like, but that's how it is. And I didn't know where I would meet the people that God wanted me to help. But yeah. it started to happen organically because I just trusted he was gonna he was gonna do it. I didn't yeah. know how I, I was gonna do it, but he knows. And so if I just trust more in him, then that's that's how everything will keep going forward. So I'm definitely in the <laughs> in the point in my life right now. Where it is the pain to purpose, uh, pain for purpose, because it's not an easy thing. It's not an easy walk. I had to sacrifice a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, to get to this point. Um, but I don't regret what I had to sacrifice. But it's still the pain of that that still remains that then it can translate to other people because other people in that same situation. Yeah. And that's what you realize. The pain is not only for your purpose, it's for other people's purpose. And if I can frame mine right and not be bitter by the process, I could then transform that pain into something that could be beneficial to somebody else. So... so Last week, what was the scripture that you, um, many, many, many other plans of a man? Yeah. Um, well, uh, I'm trying to remember it. Usually I'm good, but, uh, so many other plans of a man, but the, where is it? The will of the, 
but it's the will of God that will prevail. Is it something along those lines? I'm paraphrasing there. Yeah, that, let me see. Because I'm looking through my notes as you see. <laughs> I, I know I wrote it down. I'm trying to see. Okay, let's see. Okay, Proverbs 19.21. That's what it is. Proverbs 19.21. Yeah, many, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Yeah. Okay, I was close. I was close. I was almost there. Yeah, you had it. You had it. <laughs> but um, one, so I think for people that, again, for people that have seen my personal journey, it's an interesting one. And it's funny, my mom sent a video. Um, I haven't watched it, to be fair. Uh, so, mom, if you're listening, I watched that video. And, and she knows me. She, well, my mom knows me anyway. She sends a lot of videos, and I, 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 I only watch like 1% of them. So, <laughs> but what caught, what caught my eye was the title of that video. And it was basically, it said, um, and we again, we've talked about this. It mm-hmm. said black people like to look rich instead of actually being rich. Mm-hmm. And what was funny about that was it felt like somewhere I was at three, four years ago where we just finished um, a reno on what we believed was going to be our forever home. I say what we think, and this is what I was coming back to about the plans mm-hmm. of many other plans of a man. Mm-hmm. Now, again, a conversation that we've had, God did not make me to be a person that settles in one spot. So how I felt that that house was mm-hmm. going to be our forever home is beyond me because that's just it for me. It was just me trying to cut again, trying to cut that path of my purpose. Mm-hmm. But we had the rent. We just renoed the house, massive project. So proud of it. This was supposed to be our forever home. We were, we were getting ready for phase two and phase three of the renovations. Um, and then all of a sudden, my life started to change. Um, I bought my dream car. Um, I, you know, had my dream car. My kids were in, a, in, in one of the best schools in the city. Everything from the outside looked perfect. But on the inside, I was dying. I was unhappy career-wise. Now, one thing that I've always, always, always been grateful for is that I learned at a very young age, God first, family second, all all things outside of that afterwards. So my family unit, when I started to feel quite broken, by the by the career and all of that stuff i i leaned into family so i had i spent um we we made it at that time i started to look at my life and started to make certain changes because i analyzed 
my, my, I guess my lineage and looked at what my each generation had achieved and mm -hmm. noticed that for me, it was all the same thing. We chased jobs, we chased careers, we chased being a worker in someone else's system. And I, I didn't believe that that was our purpose. So I decided I made a conscious de decision, especially, I think it was after one of my girls came home from school and the school had said to her that she was an average math student. And they basically started to set this limit for her in her own mind. And I, my, myself and my wife sat down and we, you know, we said to her, we said to our daughter, who told you that? What, who were they to tell you what you are capable of? You were capable of achieving anything that you set your mind to. That mm -hmm. you can, I said, you know, I've always had this belief that if you can dream it, then that means God has put everything you need to achieve it inside of you. If he gave you the dream, he's also giving you the tools and the capacity to achieve those dreams. So at that point, we decided we're sick of this. We're sick of the systemic racism that pushes black children to be, to, to fit into a little, into a small pocket. Mm -hmm. So we withdrew, we withdrew them from their school and decided we were going to homeschool. And that change made, it was a massive decision. It was a difficult decision because it was something that we'd thought about from, from day, and this is, again, when we talk about crossroads, mm -hmm. before we put our children in school, we sat and we talked about homeschooling because myself and we've always had this mindset that the system is broken mm -hmm. and I, we didn't want anyone. We, you know, my, my wife was in early years education. So we knew that children spend most of their formative time outside of your care. And that was, we didn't want someone else shaping their identity and who they became. That was our job. And we wanted to shape them in the image that God, that we believe God had given to them. So we'd always had this. So we looped right back to where we were. And this time we decided we would go with that. And thank God we did because we can see the, the fruits of that right now. The, the sort of people that they are growing to be is amazing. So, but that was one part of the journey. But I leaned into family. My relationship with my children became so much better than it had ever been because I was seeing them a lot more. I, I took, and this is where things started to go a bit, a bit crazy. So I took a significant period of time off of my career to try and deal with the emotional trauma that work was causing. I was so burnt out. I was working 12 to 13 hour days. Um, and whenever I had to travel, you could add another four hours to that. So I was sleeping four hours, 
I was, and it's similar to you, I pushed everything down. I just thought it's my job to provide. So forget how I feel. I just need to do this. And I did that for, there was a period that I worked two years straight with no vacation time, no, no breaks, nothing. So physically, my body was broken. Emotionally, I was broken. But again, I was thankful that family-wise, it was great. So but I decided, let me take some time off. And we spent, I spent that time trying to look at different, again, that was a time I should have walked into my purpose, but I walked in another direction still and did something else. Did it, spent time doing another venture and earning a living in another way. But what I found was that because that wasn't where I was supposed to go, mm-hmm. it, it just looped me back. And I ended up back in the same career that I hated, doing the same thing, doing the same hours, burning myself out yet again. And fast forward, I think two years after that, we started to, we started our conversations and Mm -hmm. I started, you know, we started with me talking to you about um, data and analytics. And then I was Mm -hmm. like, but that's not what I like to do. And then we started to talk and, and now I'm in a transitional phase, very similar to you. I've started to make changes to my working patterns I've started to make changes to everything in my life because like you said, purpose requires sacrifice and that sacrifice is painful. Fast forward, we are not in out the house that we thought was going to be our forever home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are somewhere else. I don't know if this is where we are going to stay because like I said, I know that who the person that I am, God has put this nomadic spirit in me. Mm-hmm. I don't settle in places. I'm, I, I roam. So I don't know where I'm going to be, but I'm now in a position in my life where I'm okay with that. And it, it doesn't necessarily make sense to anyone else that's looking from the outside because mm-hmm. they, they look and they say, but you've got children and you've got a family. They need stability. They need, no, they need, the stability they need is that constant love of their parents. The stability doesn't come from material things and the possessions that we have. The, the family unit will provide that stability. A constant relationship with God will provide that stability that what I'm, my job is to teach them to depend on God and not to depend on the material things that, that they see around them. And the only way I can do that is if I live out my purpose and show them by example that this is how you live out your purpose. And sometimes living out your purpose requires sacrifice. I'm not saying to be irresponsible, I would never be irresponsible with the care of my children, but to live out this purpose, I'm now going, I'm now in this transitional phase that requires 
sacrifice and pain. And the pain element is something that you don't talk about. Many people don't talk about the pain that you go through. Mm-hmm. You, do, you don't talk about the constant questioning that you do. You question yourself over and over and over again. You have sleepless nights because you don't know whether what you're doing is right. And like you, for me, my, I hear from God when I read the scripture and when I listen to certain, when I listen to music, it's weird. The music that I listen to, I'll suddenly hear something that I could have listened to that song a hundred times, but I will hear what I need in a particular song in a particular moment because I've prayed and I've, I've asked God, speak to me, speak to me. And then suddenly I hear this part of a song that I've never heard before or that has always just passed over me. But this time I hear it. So I'm constantly doing that. I'm constantly trying to stay on that path because the natural instinct is to turn around and run back to what's comfortable. But what's comfortable was killing me. What's comfortable was killing my purpose. What's comfortable made everybody else comfortable, but actually it made me very uncomfortable. It made my life very uncomfortable. It made my marriage uncomfortable because my wife didn't see me much. My children didn't see me much. I spent more time around strangers helping them get rich and not really having that opportunity to pour what I wanted to into other people and into my family. So yeah, that I I completely relate. I completely understand that concept of the pain is emotional. There is a physical element. I, I, can, mm-hmm. and I, I think we've both experienced the physical element. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the majority of the pain that relates to your purpose is that emotional, constant trauma. And we tend to numb ourselves to that trauma and push that trauma down. We don't process it because... Processing it, requ- sometimes, processing it requires us taking a break. And if, like we are serial workaholics, mm-hmm. if we are not working, we don't feel that we are moving towards that purpose. But yep. I guess part yep. of it is, you know, the, the, and I, I'm, I'm freestyling here, but <laughs> the... Even God rested on the seventh day. Mm -hmm. And it's not that God needed rest. It's not that God was tired. That was for us. That was God showing us that do something, then take stock, recharge, rebuild, replan, strategize, and then get back to work. So, go on. I'll start talking. (laughs) I wrote. I wrote. 
I, I, I wrote I wrote something, but I'm I'm trying to link, make some parallels to some of the stuff you said because we have a lot of similarity. But as I was thinking, you know, you were saying you lean more into your family, uh, and that kind of started your kind of reset. Yeah. For me, it was the opposite. I had to start thinking about myself instead of others for my reset. Mm. So for me, so like I said, it was pieces as I was going, it was a whole lot that I could have seen, but I want I could I could fill up two hours with it. <laughs> but I'll try to get, get to the point so you could I could go from, from a point and come forward. But as you were saying about the emotional pain of it or is the sleepless nights like one of the most difficult times during that span uh like when my dad was sick is i think it was that first because he had went to the hospital so many times it was like they all blend together uh but each time he went in it was pretty much critical like he could have died every time he went to the hospital yeah um, and I can't remember if it's that first time or the second time. I think it was the first time where he was to a point where he was, you know, so sick that I I went and started to plan his funeral. Like I was already preparing myself for that. Going and I actually went to the funeral home by myself to go and sit down and try and do these arrangements and pick stuff out and get the pricing and all that kind of stuff. And when I tell you that was the most difficult thing to do, uh, like I wouldn't wish that on nobody uh, to have have to do that. And, but actually I did it twice. (laughs) Actually I did it once then. And then when he, he got better, I was like, look, this is something you need to do. To go ahead and you know, because insurance retirement, all that you don't have all that, you need to go ahead and prepay a funeral. You know, you need to go and pick. So I went with him the second time, but the first time I went by myself. Uh, and what I was thinking about as you were talking, a lot of the emotional pain is in silence. You don't have anybody yeah. else to talk to about it. So that whole span where all that was happening, you know, like not only it was, you know, my na- my dad being sick, but it was my dad being sick. And then, like you said, you have the dream house, my house that I bought, I thought that was going to be my starter home for when I got married and had kids and like, oh, I already got a house. I'm already yeah, prepared for it. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I remember it clear day. So... When I when I bought my house, my grandfather was still alive. He saw the house. It's like in the, it's like I closed on the house. He saw it. The next week he died. So he never did walk into the house. But we mm-hmm. drove him to the house after church, and they were like, you know, my mama. It was like my grandmama and I think one of my aunties. And they were like, hey, you know, this this tenth house, whatever, like that, or whatever. And we went in. He was still in the car. And he was like, what'd you think about it? He was like, it's not. He was like, I always keep it up. You know, that's what he said. But as we were walking from the front door and I was walking back up the driveway, it was like the love, like, this is not your house. And I was like, 
What you mean it's not my house? I just got the paperwork. What you mean? Like I've been going through this. I've been looking at all these houses, trying to get all this yeah. stuff running back and forth. Like what you mean it's not my house? But I understood it in the in the months and the years to come when after my dad had the first aneurysm, then not only him but him and my mom moved in with me the following year like around Easter time yeah. of the next year. So then I had both my mom and my dad in the house with me. And then a couple years after that, my aunt and my grandmother <laughs> and my, my cousin, they were all, so I had a house full of people. Yeah. In the house that I thought was for me. Yeah. And and that was a transition because for me, I'm real introverted. So I like my space and I like quiet <laughs> and it helps me to reflect mm-hmm. and process. And so as all this stuff happening and I'm still, you know, trying to do school and trying to work and trying to do all this other stuff all, and having all of these people around then my working was to make sure everybody else was cool. So I was making sure everybody else was taken care of, but I wasn't neglecting myself. And that's been a habit of mine throughout my life. Like, yeah, I, as far as sacrificing for other people, I have no problem doing that. I have a fault at doing it, actually. So it's like, I have to dial it in. You know, I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to dial it back in. But, uh, like, one of the things that I, I started to notice is I was doing that because I was conditioned to please people. Yeah. And then I had to start to think about, okay, but well, what's best for me? How can I start to then make that shift and so then eventually things everybody kind of got to their places because i my grandmother and my aunt they came to stay with me because they had to do some work on my grandmother's house they were rebuilding it and me and my aunt you know we real you know we're real close and so both of us have had to do a lot of stuff in the family so we make sure each other are good because yeah. we understand each other, you know, uh, just the difficulties and things. But for me, my role after my grandfather passed, I stepped into that role of his. So at church, I stepped into that role. I became right. like he did. I was right. doing all things. And so I was creating an identity that was patterned after him, but I got lost in it so then that made me resentful and just like i'm doing these things but i don't feel anything for them. like people say oh you doing it you just like your granddad oh you do oh, just and i'm like yeah but it's, <laughs> it's not me i'm trying to figure out where my path is and um and so over time it just became well what where am i in what i do yeah and am i doing it just because it's an expectation to me or it's something that i've been conditioned to do and a lot of times that's where we get stuck at and the very thing 
that I put stock in was the house. I then had to give it back. <laughs> yeah. And so what I what I did, I was gonna put it on the market. That was like, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm out of the house. And I'm gonna sell it. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I, I don't know where I'm gonna go, but I'm, I just need to everything I can get off me as far as like financially, then I'm doing. And so uh at the last minute, my mom decided to so I sold my house to my mom. Yeah. But now she has a place that she's comfortable with. And so it's like I made sure that everybody before I transitioned from Jackson was in a good spot. I made sure my dad was good, my mom was good. Everybody was good. It's like, okay. Yeah. Now I can go. Good. Everybody good? Yeah. I fulfilled my mission. It's like, okay, all right, let's go. And so for me now, I realized that I had to go through that process too because it's, it's a humbling thing to, and it goes into, um, like the the verses that we were looking at let me pull it up yeah i got it uh so it goes into so yeah so like second corinthians 12 chapter 6 through 9 for though i would desire the glory i should not be a fool for i shall for i will say the truth but now i forbear lest any man should think of me above that which he sees me to be or that he hears of me unless i should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation there was given to me a thorn in the flesh the messenger of satan to buffet me lest i should be exalted above measure for this thing i besought the lord thrice that it might depart from me and he said unto me my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So what I realized through that whole season of my life, that was there to condition me for the future. Um, just like as an athlete, you had to work out. <laughs> and I, I made this uh this analogy before like i don't know what the lord got for me nick but he working me out i said he i said i'm a, i'm on bodybuilder stance right now because <laughs> all the stuff he got me lifting right now i don't know what it's for but it's for something it's like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna waste it uh but it's it's to humble you and that a lot of times people say that about me they was like you know you do a lot you accomplish a lot but you don't really talk about yourself a whole lot or you don't really, you know, you don't come across as arrogant to people or like I know it all to people. And I was like, for one, I hate people like that. Um, but two, yeah, I, I do. I just, uh, it's a thought. I, I love it because I'm the same. I used to tolerate it. I used to just bite my lip. And just yeah. be, mm, I don't like, I don't like you, but I'm just not going to say anything. Yeah. As I got older, I was like, man, I cannot do this pretentious lifestyle anymore. If yeah. I don't like you because I think you're arrogant, I'm going to tell you, I think you're arrogant and I can't rock yeah. with you. 
So it's funny. Just see, hearing someone else say it, I thought I thought I was the only one. But yeah, no, uh, uh-uh, no, 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 and no, that no. stuff gets to me. <laughs> yeah, because it, it's like, uh, we just like you said, you know, you can't really think too high, highly of yourself because I mm. always say, God will, God will bring you back down to earth. Yeah, God will humble you. So I would like to be close to the earth as possible. <laughs> so if he does have to bring me that, I don't have to go down too far. It's yeah, like, yeah, I hear I you. Like, <laughs> I hear you. I, I hear that message right loud and clear. Yeah. So, loud and clear. But, but one thing, one thing that, and it's something that I, I kind of thought about is for me, I don't really care about people praising me, but I do. Uh, I am so, and I can't remember how I phrase it. It's like I don't want to be important, but the things that God has for me to do is. So I would rather the the attention go to the thing that He has me to create or whatever, yeah. and not me being the person that did them. So we're 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 cheating again. So. I know you can see my eyes going that way. So <laughs> there was a spider in the corner. Yeah. And now I don't know where it is. And you, you know I don't like spiders. So I'm I'm looking around like <laughs> but um, it, it so it reminds me of what we were talking about. And again, we're giving we're kind of jumping and cheating and giving people access into something that's coming later, but yeah. What you said there reminds me of our conversation earlier in the week where we, you know, where we said, I am comfortable being a footnote yeah, someone else's purpose mm-hmm. if that is my purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not about trying to take the glory in someone else's, in someone else's journey. I understand that for some people, my role is to be a facilitator. My role is just to help them find their way to their purpose. Very similar to you. Mm-hmm. We come at it from different angles. You know, I know that for me and my wife, our purpose is linked to, as a couple, it is linked to helping people that have got married young and struggle with marriage mm-hmm. because we've been there. We struggled. We got married young. We, we walked into this completely disillusioned and, and well, not disillusioned, but we were, we were under an illusion. Should I say we thought it was going to be a particular way. And I, I know we've talked about this before, but that experience was life changing. And I've seen so many young people get together and go their separate ways because the the ideal of marriage that they've been given by the church isn't a realistic one. They give them one side of it. They give them the rosy side of it. They give them the 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 uh, white picket fence. Hollywood side of it, but they don't talk about the struggle 
They don't talk about learning to compromise. They don't le- talk about learning to be vulnerable, learning to be all the other stuff that is required, um, especially when it talks about love. And it's funny because this is biblical. When you start to look at what the Bible says about love, you start to understand what you need to do in marriage in order for marriage to be successful. But I understand that our purpose is to help couples find themselves and to have successful marriages and successful relationships. But that's not for us to be, you know, the shining light that Mm -hmm. in that marriage, no, that marriage is its own thing and it will give God the glory in its own way. Our job is just to help them get onto that path in a very similar way. My purpose in life is to help young Christian men, women. Um, I'm passionate about uh, black men's mental health. Mm-hmm. My purpose in life is to help these people discover who they are and to be comfortable in who they are and to understand grace. Because until they appreciate the gift of grace, like I had to come to an understanding of, until they learn to, to remove condemnation or, and self-condemnation from how they looked at themselves, they can't walk in their purpose. And that was part of my journey until I had to, I had to learn to stop condemning myself in order for me to believe that I was worthy of my purpose. Okay. 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 I got, I got to be, okay. <laughs> I got, I got to, I got to cut you cause I'm, I'm, I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm about to summarize all what you just said. So, okay. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to use the spider web as you were talking about it. So I got a whole, I, I'm going to put it in context for the, for the conversation. So yeah, I'm okay now. Cause the spider's back. <laughs> <laughs> so one, one day, uh, and I actually got a video of it on my phone. Sometimes I take, pictures but sometimes i video it one time i was walking and you know if you walk in nature you're gonna bump into spider webs you see spider webs and i was walking one day and it was a big spider web and it was like a butterfly caught and he was just flapping and flapping and flapping and and like for me i was sitting i was like man should i go over there and try and get him out i was like because he just he just struggling he just flapping, and I was like, "No!" Somebody told me, "Like, no, just, 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 just sit there, <laughs> just watch." And I'm like, "Man, but I don't want him to struggle, like tie himself out, or he, you know, get stuck, and then the spider come back and get him." And right when I was about to probably intervene, that's when he broke free, got up, and got out, and yeah, and got free. Mm. So I was thinking about that in context, what you were saying too, and you had said it before earlier about how you. You feel like you had got stuck at different points. Well, you got stuck with the internal struggle. Like, okay, do I want to be a pastor? Do I not want to be? Or I, I feel like I have something to share with people, but it's not from a pulpit and that. So or even like you were saying with marriages, we we create our own spider webs that trap us. But the thing, well, I'm, I'm not gonna say we always. Sometimes we wander into spider webs, our own webs. Yeah. Uh, but what gets us stuck is because 
we struggle so much once we get in there and it's like we're getting ourselves trapped deeper and deeper into the well mm. because we're anxious once we get in like oh i'm stuck oh oh, I'm trying to, oh i want to get up you know yeah yeah oh, oh, oh. and so by panicking we get ourselves trapped even more like but, was, but what you were saying earlier uh it's you want to provide people the tools to have a healthy, you know, Christian marriage or like other people that's trying to get to that purpose. So when we're in that transition stage, we're getting in a place where we can get caught up in webs, our own webs, our webs of fear or whatever else. But in order to release ourselves from that, it's not necessarily that we need somebody to save us from the web. We need to have the tools to understand that this is not where we're supposed to be stuck at anyway. Right. And once we have the acknowledgement of that, then I can be free of the web that I've been connected to because I already know that this is not the end. If it was the end, then I would stop struggling. I would just go ahead and sit. But... I have to intentionally free myself because I can't waste so much energy trying to wiggle myself out. I got to do it intentionally. Like, okay, okay, this, let me, okay, let me adjust, let me, I got to prepare. Yeah. And that's the thing that people need to understand as they go forward into their purpose. It's not that if you're going to get stuck, you will get stuck (laughs) in certain places, but don't panic in it. Because if you panic, you go too far into it, or you will burn yourself out to where you won't have any drive to go forward. Yeah. What you got to do is reset and figure out. Okay. What are the tools that I, I I've learned? What do I know about this next step? Okay. How do I start to then move towards that and start to remove some of the attachments that I have on me? that's tying me to this web. Once I can start to remove those piece after piece, now I can just get myself or kind of just push myself out of the web instead yeah. of me fighting so much and tangling myself up <laughs> more and more trying to yeah. do it myself. And so I think it's just a good way for people to to understand, I mean, we all know that uncomfortable feeling when you walk into a spider web, like, uh, yeah, uh, 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 yeah, it's like, I don't like it. So, that's kind of how we are in that transition. It's stuff you just walk into, like, oh, I wasn't expecting that, I don't like it, but okay, this, this part, <laughs> this part mm. of it, um, and knowing that it's not gonna be a ABCD journey. It's, it's going to be, like you were saying, it's going to be sleepless nights. It's going to be times where you feel like, oh, me and God, you know what I'm saying? We, yeah. You know, we, we Facebook friends and, you know, we on Messenger and we go back and forth. And then other days, like, mm, I, I don't hear nothing. I, I don't, I don't see nothing. I don't, I don't feel like <laughs> God even see me anymore. Yeah. Like, he don't even know I exist anymore. But it's, it's it's just knowing that it'll be all worth it in the end. And once you get there, it will be better than what you thought it would be if you could create it yourself. 
Yeah. What God has, that's why he had to take you through the pain because it had to build up your endurance. And if you didn't have that training at the beginning, like, you know, like sports or whatever like that, you might have practice, you might have two a day. You might yeah. not like two a day, but those two a day get you conditioned. So yeah. when you game time, you ready. Yeah. And so it's not indictment against us saying like, oh, we so bad, or we seeing so much, or we disqualified ourselves. It's basically God telling us like, look, where you going, I gotta get you ready. Cause I got yeah. some big things for you. So I, I can't I can't let you just have this little one hour workout and you know, you get a little sweat on. I I'm gonna take you I'm to taking high you elevation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to high elevation. I'm gonna put yeah. the, the elevation mask on you <laughs> so you can't breathe all the way. You're gonna have a 40 pound weight vest on too, you're gonna have some ankle yeah. waist on. And like, whoo, this is a lot, Lord. <laughs> this is yeah. a lot. <laughs> but when you get to the end, you're like, oh, okay, I like I like the way I look now, Lord. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, I can work with this. <laughs> yeah. I am caught. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> funny, I was thinking, um, because when when I'm I'm gonna be honest, this was one of the hardest podcast to prepare for yeah because the bible talks about pain Mm -hmm. but not if you were to just look for the word pain in the bible Mm -hmm. the context is as we've always said that sort of enduring physical pain for and and certain things there is a scripture where Jesus is talking about um, it's sort of like the preparation of the disciples for a time when he would no longer be around. And he said mm-hmm. it would be like uh, birthing pains, like a woman in, in labor and, and, mm-hmm. and, and the, the pain of giving birth. And that mourning will turn into joy. And that, that is how it is with our purpose that, our pain will become joy. But that was one, that was probably the most direct one that I I came across. Mm -hmm. I think what got to me was I started to look back through the Bible and look at people's individual stories, Moses, and some of the, some of the most prominent figures in, in Bible stories were people that endured pain as part of their process. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about Moses' story, that is a story of nothing but pain mm-hmm. from being a child that was given away to this, you know, believing up to, up until a certain point, believing he was the daughter, the son of the princess. Mm-hmm. Then to find out that he wasn't even Egyptian, he was an Israelite. And that, and we saw that played out in Moses's anger and his rage. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, one, and I guess one of the, I'll, I'll come to this as well, but we saw Moses 
cast basically cast out of Egypt because of his reaction, his pain, the way mm -hmm. his pain manifested itself. Um, numerous times, even when after he had an encounter with God and God had sent him back to Pharaoh, Moses acted in anger. And eventually it cost Moses did a lot. He walked in his purpose, but he didn't fully fulfill his purpose because his anger and his pain and his trauma mm -hmm. stopped him from fulfilling his purpose. It stopped him from entering the promised land. God said to him, stand on this mountain and look over Canaan. Look at the land that, that I'm going to give to the, to the people of Israel, but you will not see it because of what you did. And um, and then I look at I look at my namesake in the Bible, David. David, man, David was a player. <laughs> David was David was he was he he, he did his thing. So, uh -huh. but David again, he destroyed his own purpose with his and it's funny let me let me let me let me not say he, he 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 didn't completely destroy his purpose but he damaged his purpose because his actions again now what we don't we don't get insight into the root of it mm -hmm. but i'm sure that the beginning of the story tells us how david was treated like the least amongst his brothers so there must have been an insecurity. And how did his insecurity play out? Women. Back to what we talked about, temptation. Women was how his insecurity played out. And he did some heinous things because of his insecurity, because of his trauma, because of the pain. But that pain was part of his process. And that pain cost him some serious things it cost him a child mm -hmm. it cost him you know at points in his reign it cost him the throne to a certain extent mm -hmm. um, because he couldn't dwell on the throne because there were so many people trying to kill him he was in constant turmoil now the interesting thing that i was going to come back to with the exception of jesus God allowed, God did not bring, so this is one thing that I, I wanted to make clear. God does not bring the pain that comes along with your purpose, but God allows the pain. And there's a, there is, that's a clear distinction that, that people need to understand. God will never bring you anything that will harm you, but God will allow the pain to refine you. Mm -hmm. So we are generally the cause of our own pain in our struggle to our purpose because most of the trauma is stuff that we've built up or we've acquired ourselves. It's mostly our emotional baggage. And I'm taking it back to taking, <laughs> taking out the trash. <laughs> It is a buildup of our emotional baggage that we've yeah. held on to.
And that emotional baggage weighs us down and stops us from actually walking into our purpose. It's, it, it's dragging us back to a certain point. It's like a bungee cord. Every time we feel we've got far away, mm-hmm. we spring right back and we find that, that we're reliving old trauma. And God allows us to go through that because if we lean into him and into our purpose, that bungee cord can be severed. So next time we spring out, it's severed and we actually project ourselves further forward and we start to move. But that is a choice that we have to make. Are we going to allow God to refine us through this pain? Or are we going to hold on to these things and allow ourselves to continually be pulled back so, and therefore get no closer to our purpose? Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that, that was good. All, all that what you just said was, was good. I, I, look, I, I wish we could like replay the last about 10 minutes. Because <laughs> I look, I was looking. I, I look, I was just listening. I'm like, this, this, this is good. I just want to listen. I don't want to take. I don't want to write notes on that. I just want to listen to that. But uh, what I would say about it, that whole video. So as you were talking about the bungee cord, I could see that. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, it's a choice, and it's a choice because. Us being us being on that bungee cord is a choice because that's a conscious choice of us saying that it's only so far I want to test the waters mm. before I want to get back to what I'm used to. And I might tip, 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 and like, oh, see how I'm getting pulled back? Oh, I didn't yeah. even know. Oh, oh, every time I try to do something, I get pulled back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But in our minds, like, I'm getting pulled back because I don't even want to see what's what's out there if I'm not connected to this, connected to my past. Yeah. And and so sometimes we could be to the point where we have severed it and then we'll reattach it. Cause we've gone mm. farther than what we what we figured that we could go. Or we should go. Like, oh, oh, this I, I don't this not on my map. I <laughs> I don't I don't this, I'm in uncharted our, territory. Yeah, this, this, <laughs> let, let me look at me. Let me look at this compass. I, I where north? I, I don't. And, and so, like, mm, now nah, let me go. Let me go back. Let me go yeah. back to what I'm used to. And and it's a constant back and forth because the internal struggle is within us. It's the and we we had did uh, a Facebook live about this a while ago. Uh, I don't know how long it's been, but it's been some months ago. But the title was the old me could cost me the new me. Mm. And that's literally the battle that a lot of us have is that the old version of us is trying to choke out or overtake the version of us that God has for us to move forward with. Right. So the old us is always going to try and disqualify the new things that we're doing in our life to better ourselves. Yeah. Or our old self will tell us, well, you know, they're not going to last. You know, you're not going to do that that long. So, eventually, you're going to come on back where I'm at. You know, you're going to try that, you know, you, yeah. you do it for a little while, but you're going to come back. And it's that, it's that version of us that is connected to where we used to be. 
but not what God has for us to be. Yeah. And what you said before um, about like Moses not being able to go into the promised land, we will forfeit our promised land by being in the comfort of what we thought is our uh, comfort or our sense of normal. Yeah, we will forfeit our true promised land for our self-actualized promised land. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, because what we've constructed is, in our eyes, based on our limited vision, is our image of the promised land. Mm-hmm. I got the nice house. I got the nice car. I got the perfect family and kids. Mm-hmm. I got a good job. People around here look up to me. Mm-hmm. People think from the outside looking in, think I'm doing great. I say the right things at church on a Sunday. I'm a deacon mm-hmm. or I'm an, I'm an usher mm-hmm. serving in church. I look, yep. I, I'm part of the children's ministry. Mm-hmm. I, I work in a charity. I do. We construct what we believe is that perfect image and therefore we are willing to sacrifice the, the promised land that is our true promised land because it doesn't look like the picture that we created mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel as comfortable as the picture we've created. Because, and, and I think that's partly to do with, again, how the, the church has lost sight of its its own purpose to a certain extent because we've allowed capitalist structures to creep in. We've allowed the prosperity gospel to creep in. It shouldn't even be called the prosperity, the capitalist gospel to creep in. And that gospel has created this image for Christians that you must if you don't look this way, if you don't fit into this lane, then you can't be in your purpose. If you are not, if you are not stacking, you know, if you're not getting to the bag, as they say, if you're not getting to the bag, you are not truly walking in your purpose. Yeah. But there is nowhere in the Bible that every Christian is promised riches there is nowhere in the Bible where every Christian is promised good health. Mm-hmm. I believe that that is part of the blessing when you are walking with God, that God will take care of you. But it's not, a pro- it's not promised. I, I'm yet to see it anyway. That it's, I don't believe there is anywhere where it's categorically promised that you will do this and you, you will be rich and you will be this because um, uh, I can't, I think it's in Hebrew. No, no, sorry. It might not be Hebrews. Let me not say that. But in the new Testament, when it's talking, there is a part where it's talking about if you are slave or free, if you are a slave, serve your master as though you were serving God with the same joy as though Mm -hmm. you were serving God. Um, That kind of, you know, 
if this is if this is what you have if this is your lane right now then do it with a smile on your face now if you're a slave you're not going to be rich right so we need to take out that whole monetary that capitalist that whole material aspect that we've brought into our into purpose and believing that purpose is that, that that walking in your purpose results in material gain because it doesn't walking in your purpose results in spiritual gain mm-hmm. it will draw you closer to god it will draw you into a deeper understanding of the things of god because in order for you to fulfill your purpose you have to be connected deeply to god because as we've said before it is going to require you to do things that look crazy to the world and unless you are connected to god they're going to look crazy to you as well exactly <laughs> so i want to make i want to make a, a a quick point while you were talking about you know about rich or kind of like god didn't say like oh he'll make us rich or prosperity gospel and all those things so and i never thought about it this way until i just wrote it down so instead of us seeking to be rich we should seek to enrich Mm. so if my goal or my aim and it goes back to kind of like what you were saying you know be a footnote to somebody as a purpose so what if my whole purpose is just to enrich the lives of other people yeah that's different than me trying to be rich because that rich is about me acquiring things enriching is then giving things to others Uh, yeah and i think if that was the aim for everybody to if i'm coming in contact with somebody how can i enrich their lives how can i give them something that's valuable to their walk or to their purpose or help to push them into their purpose and i think that's more fulfilling because anything you buy depreciates you buy Mm. a car it depreciates you buy a house if you don't continue to upgrade it it depreciates uh like i said you buy a phone it depreciates yeah (laughs) or whatever or you, so, so like everything material wise it depreciates but why not invest in things that doesn't depreciate and then if you like you were saying before if you connect it to god and god is your source then he will enrich you mm. to enrich others so yeah. he's gonna prepare you and give you the tools that you need to then give to other people yeah but if you're just trying to be rich then you're not trying to be connected to God. You want to be connected to the things that the world has. And they go back to our first conversation, you know, in the world, not of the world. And, and so the things that you do have will not pull you away from God because you know that place. Yeah. But if I buy a car, and that car is then taking my focus. I got to wash it. 
I got to sit out here and wax it. I got to do all that kind of stuff. And my focus is on that. That's not how God ordained it to be. Yeah. Things have a place, but God is the head. And if I'm acquiring all these things and it's distracting me from God, then what's the value in those? Yeah. Cause then now the, the, the things that depreciate, now I'm allowing those to depreciate my relationship with God. Mm. Mm. I like that. I like that. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I feel that. It's um Whilst whilst you were whilst you were saying that, you know, I was reminded of again. I've said this before. I've been on this journey for a long time. Mm -hmm. I've been on this transitional journey, even though even if I fail to embrace it, I've it's been fourteen years. One of the things that I learned whilst on this journey for anyone. Because I have been there, I have sought to be rich. I'm not saying that some of us will not, you know, some of some people are destined to be rich. Right. It will be a byproduct of them walking into their purpose. Mm -hmm. Some people are going to be extremely wealthy when they walk into their purpose. Not everybody, mm -hmm. but it will only be those who God has ordained something else for mm -hmm. as a result of that. Now, and it leads me, there's an interesting podcast I want to do called uh, predestination about predestination. That, that's, mm -hmm. but that's, that's, that's another, that's another one. But, um, <laughs> it's, uh, but I spent a lot of time in Ecclesiastes Solomon was the richest man ever documented. And the first thing he said was, all of this is nothing. It is vanity upon vanity. Yep. If someone that acquired it all beyond measure, God gave so much to you. And we're not just talking about material wealth God gave Solomon wisdom because that was what he asked for it was the wisdom that he asked for from God that gave him all the wealth and then in the end what did what did he's what did it all do to him all his wealth it started to pull his heart away from God so I'm not saying that money is bad the love the Bible tells us that it's the love of money that is bad. The love of money is the root of all evil. We see it in Solomon's case that his wealth led him and his wealth and all his concubines led his heart away to other gods. Um, but before that point, he clearly says it. Vanity upon vanity. So if you spend your life chasing down wealth, you were missing your purpose and you were chasing stuff that is like chaff in the wind. It will all pass. It will all be blown away. It's not 
if that is if that is the focus of your legacy you know we think about all the wealthiest people their names are not you hardly remember their names whose names do pe people remember gandhi people remember um mother teresa people remember the people um martin luther king nelson mm -hmm. mandela the people mm -hmm. who put stock into enriching other people's lives that is leaving a lasting legacy now you may not agree with every aspect of their life but guess what they're humans they were walking through their pain they were dealing with their own personal demons their own personal trauma they were dealing with things Mm -hmm. but they locked into their purpose and they walked into their purpose and maybe they didn't walk into the into the depths of their purpose but they walked in a lot further than a lot than many of us many people in this world actually do mm -hmm. and what we saw the legacy um you know again it was like what we said last week about Chadwick Boseman when you walk into your purpose the doors that it opens the the things that you are able to achieve because you are so connected to your purpose will not only blow your your mind but they will blow the minds of the people who were looking at you and what and i guess what what i've also loved about the legacy of chadwick is that his faith resonates through it and you you know god is getting the glory from how he conducted himself he was a man of faith um and that faith is what drove him and how he how he conducted himself and how he lived his his remaining years and I'm so glad that he conducted himself with such integrity and just chased after his purpose. And it is a testimony to, to what walking in your purpose can achieve. Mm -hmm. So you led me right into one of these <laughs> but But you did, you did it in a way I wasn't expecting to do it, but it ties so well together. So... Cause I haven't been meaning to. It's like when you get to going, I, I like to let you complete a whole. Yeah, song, yeah. I, I, I don't want to cut you out from a piece that'll be good if it a couple places. <laughs> so, but, but it, okay. So Matthew eleven chapter twenty eight through thirty. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke on you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So when you're talking about Chadwick Bowman, that made me come back to here. And one of the things that I do, and not just like prepping for that for the episode, but it's just something I do for my own like Bible study. I'll take you know some verses or a verse. I would then kind of pick out keywords and then go to the dictionary and get synonyms of the words mm. so i can kind of get different takes and perspectives on it so that kind of helps me look at stuff differently because then i could it helps me to put myself into it but you know a lot of people 
you know, they don't understand what a yoke is. And, you know, a yoke is kind of something that's, that's kind of put around like the neck of like an animal, like be a horse or something like that. It's put around the necks of slaves. Yeah, and that too. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's for control, right? Yep. So what God is saying that, you know, my yoke is easy. So if you choose to follow me, I'll lead and guide you through this yoke. But it's not going to be a heavy yoke. Mm. It's not going to be a restrictive yoke. And then my burden is light. And so it just made me think about, you know, with Chad. So the whole time he was doing all these movies, he had the burden of having cancer. But nobody knew about it but him and his close family. Yeah. But he didn't allow that to then make him one be more than because you know the inverse of him is kind of like what lance armstrong did with his cancer and mm. like lance armstrong put it out in the forefront but lance armstrong was just a, a, a horrible person <laughs> he, was just, he was just a horrible person you know and, and people got to know over the years yeah. he was a horrible person yeah and, and so he allowed that you know and not just that he was using the cancer, you know, his cancer is, but it was, oh, he was winning and doing all these things. So it, he used it to like, oh, to elevate himself. Yeah. Right. And Chadwick did the inverse. He didn't even publicize that part, but then he didn't let the work that he was doing shift him from being lowly and meek. Mm. And so I think, that's why, you know, he chose that, you know, and God kind of used him for that. And so the yoke was easy because he bought into it at the beginning of it. And so it's saying not that his burden was light as far as the enduring of the pain. Of yeah. It, but I guess in that sense, it's like my burden is light because once you're done here, the burdens that you had in this life, you won't have anymore. Yeah. And so then your burdens can be light because you have then put those burdens down because now I'm lifting you to where I am. Yeah. You get to come to me. Uh, and so I, I just didn't, I didn't look at it like that till you said it. And then it's just, it just kind of brought it all, it just tied it all together. Oh man, it's funny because again, jumping back to something you said earlier, Lance Armstrong used his cancer to elevate himself mm-hmm. and God humbled him. Mm-hmm. Chadwick didn't say a word about his and God elevated him. Mm-hmm. And you know, it takes me back to that, to the parable where Jesus is saying, when you invited to the, to the, to the wedding feast, you, you know, sit at the lowest spot so that the host, when they see you will say, what you, you know, what you doing there? And, mm-hmm. and they promote you to the seat of honor, lest you sit and go and put yourself in the seat of honor and then have them come and say, 
and remove you from the seat of honor when someone else more important arrives to put so that they can put them there. It is better for you to humble yourself and have and let people elevate you than for you to elevate yourself and people humble you. And to see that played out, it's, it's funny. It's taken, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, it didn't hit me until you said it, but yeah. we've seen that play out in, 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 in this world. We've seen it play mm-hmm. out. We, mm-hmm. We've seen, we've got Lance, we've got Chadwick. And um, it's just now Lance Armstrong's purpose may have been to do what he was doing. Right. But he took shortcuts. Yep. He tried to circumvent God's purpose Mm -hmm. to do it in his own way. Mm-hmm. He trusted in his own strength. He tried to massage the path to a comfortable path and get rich in the process. Mm-hmm. And we all know how that ended. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's not that the pain was different. They both experienced the, the, the pain. Right. But how they allowed the pain to shape and mold them was different. Mm-hmm. The outcome was different. And therefore, their legacies are completely different. How you react to your period of pain mm-hmm. can determine the outcome of you uh, and the legacy that you leave behind. Mm -hmm. If you choose to allow your pain to continually pull you back like that bungee cord, Mm -hmm. the legacy that God has for you may not be the legacy that you truly leave behind. And, you know, it's pain is not a bad thing. Pain. and, And I think, it's important for people to appreciate that. And again, using Chadwick as, as an example of, of course, of course, the physical pain that he was in must have been excruciating and unbearable at times. Mm-hmm. But he did not see his pain as a bad thing. It motivated him to to work and he found ways to endure his pain to f- and fulfill his purpose. It drove him to work and to pour his all. You know, we wondered, people probably wondered where he drew from, where he got all that emotion from. He probably went out onto the set every day l- as saying to himself, I'm going to leave it all out there. I'm going to give it everything I have. That is what using your pain to fuel and drive your purpose looks like. I may never get this chance again. So I'm going to take it no matter what the pain I have, no matter what pain I have to endure I've been given this opportunity to do 
this thing that I believe I was created to do. So I'm going to do it like I couldn't, like, in, like no one else can. I'm going to do it like only I can, because that is what I was created to do. <laughs> I don't even know what to say after that. <laughs> it's, no, no, but it, like I say, it's like for me, I like it because, um, and, and it just, just kind of the nature of our conversation. It just, we just gain so much from going back and forth and listening to it and the context and the content. And if people realize, just the intent of what they go through yeah and that makes the pain bearable um so just like and it i think one of the scriptures that you that you had um hello let me me go to my notes about you know about uh like john 16 21 yeah to you know when a woman delivers a child so when when she's in labor it's the pain of that uh and then even though while she's enduring the pain she wishes that she didn't have the the pregnancy at the beginning but when the baby comes it's almost like the softness like oh yeah. Oh, let me hold it. You know, let me hold yeah. it. And so, so that's the whole thing. It just reminiscent to the process that God is trying to take us through. The birthing of the purpose is the hardest thing. Yeah. But once it's born, then you're so close to, and you want to help nurture it and care for it, and you forget the pain that you endured to get to that point. Because you're like, it's finally here. Like yeah. I've been, I've been anticipating on this for so long, and it's finally here, and it's the joy. And so that's why the pain can then turn to joy because it's like, now I understand why I had to go through this process. Yeah, because it took time to form this blessing that I've been given, and now I want to do what it takes to not only make sure it grows but to nurture it so then it can have its full possibility um, to make the impact that it's supposed to. And I think that's what makes the pain um, bearable because we know then what we're birthing. And so if we don't know what we're birthing, then we will give up on the pregnancy. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you, just just as we kind of round this up. Okay. What, so we're both going through this transitional stage right now. We're still both going through the pain. We are still both Uh having things, as we say, burned off of us so Mm -hmm. that we are only carrying what we need to walk Mm -hmm. into our purpose. Yeah. How do you, when you feel like that pain is unbearable, uh-huh. how do you cope? What are okay. your coping strategies? 
So one for me, uh, and it's something that I do pretty frequently, but it's when I get to that point, like you're saying, I have to then watch, read, or listen to something about somebody's story that had to endure something that's way worse than me. Or it's a situation where I have to reevaluate and say, like, oh, my my situation not that bad. So what I usually do is go on YouTube and I'll watch. It was a couple, uh, about a month or so ago, I think. I was watching uh, videos of people paying for other people's groceries at the grocery store and people reaction. So one video I watched, it was this guy and he would just come up and pay. And, you know, some people with YouTube channel, they're like, hey, you know, this is my YouTube channel. I'm paying for your groceries. Mm, yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> doing it like that. And so all he did was, and, you know, he had already prepared the cashier. So she knew the people as they were coming through. So he would, you know, check with the price, you know, check the price of it. He's like, oh, either give him like a gift card or the cash. And like, you know, God bless you, whatever. And then he just walk off. He wouldn't introduce himself. He wouldn't ask or have a conversation with him. He would just pay and go. And then the people like, what what happened? Like, what? And then and then the cashier like, you need to say thank you. Thank, thank you. <laughs> like, thank you. <laughs> and, and then and then so she was like the comforter for him because the guy came and did the blessing and just left. And it was just one woman. He had paid for her, uh, and and before she paid, she was like, you know, well, I think right after he had paid, she said, you know, I had did all that, I had did all that crying early this morning, and she just broke down. So I guess she didn't really have the money, or she just had so much stuff going on mm. that she was like praying for that, like she needed help, and that was like an answer to her prayer. And she just broke down, and then the cashier had to come hug and stuff like this. She's like, you making me cry. You better stop. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, like, don't, though, like, I'm a big, like, that stuff really gets to me. Yeah, me uh, too. And it really, like, just warms your heart because you're like, oh, man, I want to do stuff like that that really helps the people that really need help. Uh, or I will um, go walking. Sometimes if I'm really frustrated, I will walk until I feel better. So sometimes it might be a mile or two. Some days it might take three or four miles. Yeah. So I'll walk until like you still feel a certain type of way. Like, okay, let's, let's do another mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do another mile. Come on, let's do something. Uh or I will um I will um kind of have some quiet time. Well, I have some music playing or whatever like that. Um, or writing. So journaling. Journaling helps me a okay. lot. Okay. And so it's not necessarily I've journaled all different types of ways over the years. I got just I mean, this this one of my journals here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got journals everywhere. But uh that's another way. What I do now is is more kind of phrases and stuff. Or if I'm journaling, I'm journaling about my experience and not just like, I woke up today. It was raining. I was tired. I watched TV. You know, like, 
I don't journal like this. It's, it's more like, you know, this is where I am in my thought process or, you know, today was a little rough or today was good. I was inspired by yeah. something. Da, 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 da. Or these are the things I'm noticing that God is doing or connecting me to or whatever. So those are, those are some things um, that I do. Yeah. Okay. So I think I can relate to um, the majority of them. Um, like like you, I probably don't seek out the same. This let me put that right. I don't seek them out, but I find I get strength from seeing the goodness of people mm-hmm. I it renews my hope when I see people doing things for others and it gives mm-hmm. me strength to keep pushing because I know that I'm not alone in this right. quest to to help others so that's one thing that that helps me deal with the pain I think the other part like you is quiet time music and prayer um for me prayer i when i get into when i get into prayer mode i'm like oh yeah it's about to go it, it, you know literally i've felt like the some prayer sessions i felt like i'm in it's a war because i needed to shake some stuff off of me yeah. um I needed to get that bad energy and, and get, get rid of that. And the only way sometimes is just that deep intercessory prayer where, you know, where it says, where the Bible says, you know, through moaning, moans and groans that are inexplicable to man, uh, where the Holy Spirit leads you into that kind of prayer. I've had some of those moments. It's not every day, you know, I, I believe some people some people may may have to pray like that every day. I I don't. I like to have regular. Uh, it's funny. My prayers with God vary because there'll be days where I'm just like I'm. I talk to God like I'm talking to you right now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm comfortable in my relationship with God to, that I feel like I can converse with Him in that way. Um, so that's that's another angle. Um, Music, again, um, and it, it, it again, it depends on my mood because I may I may throw on some Lecrae or some you know some um, uh, who who do I like as well? I like uh, is it Hazakim? Is that what they call? Eshon um, Burgundy. There's a whole host. There's a whole host of Christian mm-hmm. hip hop MCs that I I like, and I like different ones for different things. Um, there are some that are deep theologians and I love their lyrics. Um, like Hazakim, they, they are deep theologically. Mm-hmm. And then there, there are some that just give me the energy that I need for that day. Yeah. Um, and then I have the worship music and worship music is generally when I'm, it, it sits along that time when I'm preparing my mind for a deep time of intercession because 
I need to get, I need to find my way to the feet of God. Mm-hmm. So that's another, that's another angle for me. And then similarly to you, um, so not, I guess it's like, it's not really a journal, but for me, it's um, the, so I've got the Bible app on my phone yeah, and uh, the verse of the day. Mm-hmm. However, that inspires me. I will put it out there. So if, if the scripture really hits home with how mm-hmm. I'm feeling, I will put it out there and I will talk about it. And that's why I always say that I live my life as an open book. My feelings are not something that I try to hide. I put them out. I put them out and however they come out is how they come out. Right. I, I'm not trying to offend anyone. I'm not trying to upset anyone. I'm not trying to, um, I'm not even trying to, to invoke any emotion from anyone. I'm literally putting out how I feel. And if that connects with you, great. I, I really hope I don't really try and put anything negative out there anyway, but if what I'm putting out really connects with someone and it invokes and help someone along there in their day, then I'm really happy. But I, you know, I'm not even doing it for that kind of feedback. So, but those are the ways that I deal and process with my pain. Um, uh, Obviously there's the aspect of uh, I've got my wife. So we sit, we talk, we talk through how, emotionally I'm feeling whether it's up or down whether she's up or down whatever it is I I I guess that's that's what it means to be to have that partner and that support system right um so that's another angle we sit we pray together that's one thing that we've tried to work on in our marriage is the importance of the of of praying together as husband and wife so um that's another source for me of dealing with the pressure and the pain that comes with this transitional state. Mm-hmm. So that's, that, that's mine. So I thought, it, I thought it'd be good to just put it out there um, for, there may be people that are listening that yeah. may not have figured out how to deal with the pain of transitioning from mm-hmm. into their purpose or um, are looking for, other ways or whatever, but I guess what I'll say to that is go with whatever feels natural to you. Um, You're everyone is a unique individual and the way that you communicate, the way you connect with God, the way that God has designed you to interact and relate with him may not be the same as mine and Terrence. Mm -hmm. So do what works for you. Do connect with God, how you connect with God. So that was all I was going to say on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it was just one, one, one other thing I had thought about when you were talking, uh, like having um, conversations with you know people I'm close to or with, and I at this point I don't even want to call them mentors. They're yeah, more, I would say I have advisors instead of mentors. I think that's the better way to say it. Yeah. Uh, to meet with people that are able to give me things to enrich my life and vice versa. And so that's something that I try and do too. So it is one, one more added thing. No, 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 I feel that. So 
Whew. As usual, Terrence, I'm, I, I ain't gonna lie. I came into this, I came into this podcast tired. I was drained. I was tired, but yeah, yeah, yeah. As usual, the conversation for me, the energy, the energy came as we as we started to converse as we started to really dig into this the energy came i felt alive i felt revitalized yeah and um and and i guess that's back to what i was saying about when you connect with your purpose even when you don't feel like you've got the energy to do something when it's your purpose it comes from nowhere and it yeah. just it takes over. There is just this extra drive that you have to keep going. Mm -hmm. So once again, amazing conversation, amazing dialogue. Um, and I want to encourage people as I always do, but this time I'm going to let you do it. So okay. tell, them, tell them how <laughs> to get connected with you and I progress. <laughs> All right, so like I said, it has been a uh, a great conversation. I too was tired too, uh, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I was in the same boat. But uh, it did, it definitely did transition to to, to something that we both were energized from. Um, but in order, so by this by the next episode, I, I'm not even gonna say hopefully. I will have more details on things that we have for people to get involved with as okay. far as our progress. We're working on what we're calling like our life's classroom. And so instead of it just being our Facebook lives every Monday and Thursday, they will actually be online classes that you can sign up for that are, um, they, they are, tied to our growth paths so we have yeah. five growth paths so health relationships uh we have 100 percent potential path to purpose uh life excavation and i create so each one of those growth paths are, are designed for a particular piece of your purpose whether it's building better relationships trying to trying to be better each day yeah. uh connecting to your career uh, and where you want to go as far as starting off. Life excavation is for life transitions. And then I create is for those people that have an idea they want to manifest or they have a business that they want to then structure to then establish or a nonprofit or whatever like that. So those are the five growth paths. We will have classes and we're not saying workshops, but it'd be more of our kind of like life infusion things okay uh, where people can come <laughs> okay so we just, yeah we did we don't like to just use stock wording and stuff we kind of have our own language of add some progress. flavor to it <laughs> yeah you know some some lyrics some lyrics on it you know a little bit so yeah put some louisiana hot sauce on it you know that's how we do <laughs> So you speak in my language right there. I, I'm a, I'm a hot sauce person. That's uh, all day. That's all day. that's me right there. So I, I need to try some of this Louisiana hot sauce. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Louisiana hot sauce. <laughs> that's the best hot sauce in the world. I'm not just saying it because I was born in Louisiana, but it, everybody know 
people that know know that that's the best hot sauce. But um, so we will have that information for you. You will be able to sign up on our website. Uh, we're working on making those additions now. So like I said, if it's not the next time, in the next few episodes, you will be able to get links and stuff for that. And we awesome. definitely want people to get involved with that because we really – Really excited about it. It's something we've been working on for a long time. <laughs> That's kind of why I'm tired because we've been doing, I've been doing stuff like all weekend. Yeah. Uh, all <laughs> so, uh, yeah, definitely. And like I said, if you connect with our Facebook lives, you will then start seeing more promotion for the Daily Perspective and you will get promotion through that. So it's definitely a cross-promotional thing because we do believe in promoting each other's stuff. Definitely. And, and so, you know, we're trying to get more listeners to the Daily Perspectives too. And eventually, you know, David going to tell y'all about his, you know, his uh, V-Fit stuff and all oh, that. Oh, yeah, 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 so, so I'm, I'm, I'm already, I'm already whenever you read it, we, we ready to promote it. Uh, you <laughs> go, uh, see, today, I'm, it's all about football, I'm in the end zone, I'm, I'm, I'm oh, waiting, okay, okay. I'm waiting for that pass. <laughs> okay, I, I get, I get, I get, I get. <laughs> I'm running, I'm running a slant to catch the, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, yeah, I'm, I'm, you're in the middle. I'm trying to yeah, get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I got oh, you. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, you can, uh, as Terrence was saying, you can connect with me on the, the Daily Perspective. Obviously, we we have the www.thedailyperspective.co.uk. Well, sorry, dailyperspective.co.uk. Um, you can catch me on Instagram at DY Daily. You can catch me on Twitter at DY Daily. Um, and obviously you've got the podcast, which you listen to us on. You can now catch us on YouTube, um, The Daily Perspective. Um, and the links will be... So if, if, you, if you're struggling, just jump on my Instagram and you can connect. You can find the links to YouTube. Um, I am going to throw some uh, throw Terence's links into onto my Instagram as well, so you can okay. connect onto onto iProgress via my Instagram as well. Um, I'm on Facebook. Just search for David Daly on Facebook or Daily Perspective. There is a page. Uh, forgive me, it's not popping yet because uh, I'm, I'm slowly slowly. I'm a one-man band right now, so y'all, you guys, got to, you've got to forgive me because uh, there's only so many hours in the day, and I'm, I'm doing my best. Um, yeah. But uh, we are working on, on bringing more content to the page and, and making things uh, a bit more lively. So, as we normally do, I want to remind you that Christianity is a personal walk and relationship between you and God. You are not, will not, and never will be perfect, but that's okay. God loves you and wants you to come just as you are. His grace covers all. Live free from condemnation and do not crucify yourself. Be renewed by the grace of God through Christ Jesus and become who you were created to be. Thank you guys for listening. Terence, thank you for <laughs> co-hosting. 
You're welcome. <laughs> we will spar again next week. <laughs> yeah. Look, I think I think we both came in. We we were kind of in the, in the about the eighth round. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We but, but we obviously we 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 have our our training sessions during the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we we will definitely be doing this again next week. Um, we look forward to speaking to you guys again next week. Have a blessed week. Have a great week. Be encouraged. And uh, we will catch you on the other side. God bless. All right.